You're listening to Creativity Quest, hosted by me, author and writing mindset coach, Carrie Schaefer. Join me and my guests on our quest to ditch our doubts, dance with our demons, and delve into creative delight. Creativity Quest is owned and copyrighted by Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. Now, let's get creative. guys, Carrie Shaper here. Before I introduce you to the fantastic Heather Webb and Hazel Gaynor book-wife duo, I need to clue you in on a really exciting opportunity. My friend Laura Zylan is putting together a free online summit called Author Your Life, How to Use Writing to Kick Fear in the Teeth, Send Obstacles Packing, and Create the Life You Want. This is an opportunity for writers and non-writers. It doesn't matter where you're at in that process. Laura used writing to completely transform her life, and she's very excited about that idea. So she has gathered a group of experts in various fields together to talk about various aspects of this. I get to talk about the idea that creativity and writing is frivolous, and I, as you probably know by now, completely believe that is not true. So I'm going to be talking about that. We're also going to be talking about things like silencing your inner critic, facing fear and getting unstuck, connecting to community, embracing and high-fiving your authentic self, and changing the stories you tell yourself. You can find and sign up for this awesome summit at www.authoryourlifenow.live. That's www.authoryourlifenow.live. It starts on August 15th. It's free, and I totally hope to see you there. creative people. Carrie Schaefer here with another edition of Creativity Quest. And I am, as always, super excited. But today is, really is extra special because I have one of my very best friends here today, uh, Heather Webb, and her book wife, Hazel Gaynor. And Heather and Hazel, H&H, have uh, <laughs> written a book called Meet Me in Monaco, which is about um, around the events of the fantastic marriage of Grace Kelly. And the book is brilliant, and they are awesome. I promise to tell you that, by the way. So I, <laughs> I, I would anyway. So say hi, you guys. Hi. <laughs> So, Heather and Hazel have very graciously agreed to talk to us, although they're in a hotel. Um, they're in Westport, Massachusetts right now and um, doing a fantastic book club event. Uh, do you want to tell me about that? Because that sounds like so much fun. I think I might have seen something on Facebook. Yeah, we, um, so we had this um, fantastic evening. It was a 1950s themed evening with... Grace Kelly and perfume and so we obviously had to dress up and go and get our hair done 1950s style wore white wrist length gloves and it was amazing it was absolutely I mean how bad it was fantastic fun and all the ladies had really made a huge effort so we we were very fancy lady authors last night for we a were. while. Yeah. <laughs> we were famous for a few minutes. We were. <laughs> hey, and it's, it's not often that, you know, you get to have that going on. So uh, perfume themed, was there like perfume at this party? And 
Yeah, so they'd, they'd taken loads of lovely elements from the book. So they'd, they had a gorgeous, um, huge photograph of Grace Kelly at her wedding, blown up to greet people on arrival, and a table of different scents, because obviously one of the themes of the book, our, our heroine in the book, Sophie Duval, is a perfumer in Grasse in Provence, and she encounters Grace in her perfume boutique. So they'd, they'd really taken care and time um, to have these lovely little details and a beautiful big cake. So yeah, we really, I, it's very hard to come back down to reality. <laughs> I can only imagine. And then you get to like get on an airplane and be treated like... I you know. know. <laughs> <laughs> like class. Upgrade, please, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get, get on the plane and go, really? I'm a famous author. <laughs> Yeah, for one night only. No, it was really special and it was our last event. We've been on the road for 12 days. So it felt like a really fun celebratory way to finish this this section of the book tour for Meet Me in Monaco and before I head back to Dublin uh, this evening and then Heather's continuing um, another week of events after she's laid down in a darkened room for a week and <laughs> caught her breath and caught up on a, a million emails that were awaiting for us. Oh, I'm sure you get, this has been such a, such a buzzy book. And um, for, for good reason, I finished reading it. I haven't written my review yet. I love this book. I actually read it on the airplane on my way home from RWA. And since you mentioned the perfume, um, actually, I just, I want to dive right into that because that was such a beautiful way to frame everything. It was so sensual and so... There's something about scent. Like when we write, we don't often always get that olfactory sense in there. But when it does, I think for everybody, that is a huge factor in really drawing us into a story. It brings us into our memories. Um, where, where did you get the idea of having the perfumer as you know a way to frame this story? Well, so... We dug right into research about Grace Kelly and we discovered that um, she was interviewing makeup artists and perfumers and designers and whatnot um, for the big day. Uh, and she actually did have a perfume developed and it was by Creed called Florissimo. So that was our nugget of inspiration. There really was a perfume created. So we took a fictional character and had her struggling to maintain her father's legacy and uh and the artistry and um artisanship that goes into crafting perfumes um and, and wanted to go at it from that angle so um which is very french too this sort of preservation of of what is old and beautiful and handmade um which being a lover of france myself that was a a fun a fun thing to dig into so um, yeah, so we needed to know more, of course. So we went to Grasse, France, uh, in the south in Provence and, um, and went to a couple of different, uh, perfume shops and spent some time at the Molinard Perfume Factory, which is, uh, been around since the mid 19th century. It's a very old factory. Um, and did a tour there and uh, spent some time in a perfume making class. Right. So you actually got to experiment with the putting, putting the fragrances together and making we your own did. perfume. <laughs> yeah, we did. And that's, that's exactly where we got the idea for dividing the book into three parts because there was this big um, carousel of, of fragrances and um, actually of, of individual scents uh, divided by top note, heart note, and base note. 
Um, and, and so we spent some time smelling each one of those. And by the end, of course, we were high on <laughs> perfumes. Yeah, on essence. And, and just figured out which ones we liked and created our own fragrance, which was a lot of fun. But it, it really struck us then that um, those three notes, uh, you know, the top notes evaporate within 20 minutes, the heart notes within an hour, and the bass notes linger the longest up, up for several hours. Uh, and, and that's very similar to the way uh, falling in love works. Right, right. So, well, that was, a, yeah. that was a beautiful frame. And I, I totally fell in love with Sophie immediately and was rooting for her um, from the very beginning. Although I don't really love perfume myself, but at the same time, I'm just, I'm listening to you guys and thinking, I need to write books with different kinds of research. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's fun. It's fun. You know, you learn so much and then you get kind of, you get obsessed with a new topic and, um, or, or a new um, hobby even. Um, I mean, we, we have been talking about different perfumes this whole trip. And every time she, Hazel puts on uh, this perfume that we found from Fragonard, every time I smell it on her, I'm like, oh, I love that perfume. And then I <laughs> got from Molinard that she's like, I need to order more of that. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's, it, it's, it was a beautiful and fun way to, um, to capture the south of France. I mean, it is the perfume capital of the world. Sure. And well, and the whole and, and the whole thing about fragrances again, you know, smells. They're they're so evocative, you know. It's 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 very funny at our house because currently the Viking often wears something which we call eau de mosquito. Which, <laughs> you know, we have a lot of mosquitoes in our house, but it was really funny because one day I think my nose must have been kind of stuffed up or whatever. But when I first met him, I remember he had this cologne that he wore and I'm not usually big on cologne, but it was hot. I mean, I still remember this. And um, I, I made the error the other day of he was outside and I gave him a hug and I smelled him. It's like, oh, you're wearing that cologne. You just laugh. Yeah. Oh, the mosquito. But that's what we found with, you know, with fragrance, and that's why this, this fantastic nugget of information that Grace had a perfume commission, because we wanted a, a slightly different way to step into Grace Kelly's world and to see this incredible fairy tale wedding of the century from a slightly different perspective. So to get in sort of underneath the very public um, view of that occasion that we've all seen. And to think about, oh, okay, so there was all this stuff going on in the background, not only about who was making the wedding dress and then, you know, these lovely details of people thinking about, okay, she wanted a special fragrance for that special occasion. And that, that is the thing with fragrance. And it does have that ability to instantly take you back to a particular time or it reminds you of a person or a place. Um, and it just fit perfectly with the South of France and grass being the perfume capital of the world. Um, and we had lovely details about Grace Kelly's wedding dress was packed in uh, lovely satin pouches spritzed with this perfume that had been made for her. So as it traveled from New York to Monaco, when it came out of the packing box, the idea was she would smell like a summer garden when she was walking down the aisle. Oh, Just beautiful and, you know, very romantic. And yeah, yeah just really suited the the tone of the book and, and the feel of Provence and the Riviera. It's a very fragrant place. 
Right. The book needs to be scratch and sniff. (laughs) (laughs) Scratch and sniff. Yes. Yes. That would be awesome. I also, you know, I really, because I'm totally into this whole creativity thing and how creativity works. I I loved um, Sophie going through the creative process, much as we do as writers, right? With the, I have this idea, but it's not quite right yet. And it's missing something. And then something would trigger her and she would, you know, realize what scent she needed to add in. And, uh, which yeah, you, is, did, you, did you detect the frustrated writer in Sophie? You know, yes, yes. <laughs> so let's talk about that that frustrated writer a little bit because I, when we talked, when I when I met you guys here briefly a little while ago, and we talked about this book and the two of you writing together, um, I didn't detect a whole lot of frustration. So <laughs> I, I know both of you writing individually. I, you know, Heather and I talk a lot. So I know she encounters the usual frustrations with writing, but the two of you writing together, um, this, this is such an interesting topic of how people write together when you collaborate. And, and it sounds like that just works really beautifully for the two of you as a sort of inspiring each other process rather than, um, leading to blocks and frustration. Is that accurate? It is accurate. I think that, um, I think that, you know, when I'm kind of not seeing where something is going or I have a a certain idea about one of our characters and I'm, I'm not being able to move forward or vice versa, if it's happening to Hazel, there's something magical that happens when we get on the phone and we just sort of talk through it because then we just throw ideas at the wall and then kind of talk through the emotional motivations with that line of thinking to see if it would work. And there are times when we go down a path and we have written a chunk and decided later that it's crap and it needs to be written <laughs> I mean, with Monaco, we had the 1982 section sprinkled throughout the book to start with, actually, and kept thinking that maybe that was the way to go. I, I I I really wanted to have this sort of teaser um, sort of mystery happening, but it just, it did not work at all with this, this setting. I mean, we needed a, a more of a falling in love feeling. And so we ended up cutting all of that out and compressing 1982 into one section. So, right. So I think also, you know, with, with two authors working on the same book and, you know, we've talked a lot about collaborating and it, it's interesting because I think even lots of, most authors who aren't collaborating with anybody else on a project, but they will always have that one or two people in a very close circle who are their crit partners or early readers and or just friends. They'll sit down and chow over plot holes with. So I think we do instinctively kind of seek out other creative minds to, to support each other and have those conversations with that can help you push through um, a little bit of a block. And I think with, working on the same project we we just take that to another level in a way um so I think it's it's in most writers to some degree I think to look for that collaboration to a degree so we find it really complements our solo projects um, we end up talking to each other a lot about the our own books and how can we help each other in those projects as well so yeah I mean of course all writers reach a point of frustration and um <laughs> You're never sure you're going to finish. You know, I've done this six times before. Surely I can do it again. But you start to wonder how. Um, and it's just great to have that other creative mind there to 
back you up and push you to change something if it's not right. So we, we just love doing it. We have great fun, as you can tell from the photographs. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I think um, I hear what you're saying, you know, about the, the – it's funny because I always say I don't want to collaborate and I can't imagine it. And yet, at the same time, I really adore the process of going through my developmental edits. Um, yeah. with, with my editor and my developmental editor, there's three of us that do this together. And – I really appreciate the input from them and from my beta readers and the ideas that come to me then that I wouldn't have thought of that I can then, you know, pull into the book and make it richer than I could have come up with on my own. So that actually totally makes sense to me. Um, I just kind of always in awe of those of you who do it. because <laughs> I just can't. And I think then, you know, there's, there's another level to this when you, when you spend 12 days together, 24-7, in a car, in hotels, on the road. So, yeah, you really do have to um, live in each other's space creatively and, and physically and, and, you know, get to know each other's families and all that's going on in, in the life outside of the book as well. So it wouldn't be for everyone, definitely. But we've, we've just found something that has a little bit of fairy dust and magic sprinkled in it. We're very right. lucky. And, and, I, and I think that's, you know, kind of what I keep hearing from people that I talk to who have a great collaborative writing, that there is that little bit of fairy dust and magic. Because <laughs> they tend to say, I don't know that I could do this with somebody else, but it just works with this person. And so um, yeah, for those so of us I who haven't found that person yet, you never know. It, it could happen. So, hey, I want to ask you guys about, about your solo books. Um, just for a minute, if you care to talk about that a little bit. Heather, Heather what, do you want to talk about what you're working on right now at all? Or um, Sure. Um, so I am in the throes of finishing a novel that's set around 1902 U.S. It's an immigration story. It's um, a bit of an, of an epic. And um, it's, a, it's somewhat of a departure from my other books, only because they've all been set in France. So... Um, I decided to come to the new world at last and, uh, yeah. And, and have been working on this book now for about two and a half years and I'm, I'm just about finished with it. So, um, I'm not sure when it's coming out and all of that good stuff, but, but yeah, it's been, it's been a labor of love. I'll tell you. Right. Well, the book of your heart, I totally, as soon as you told me about this book a while ago, I'm very excited about this one. I love the idea of, you know, Ellis Island and all of the many, many people who came through there. And there's so many fascinating stories. So uh, that one's really yeah. cool. Yeah. What are you, what are you, what's, what's up for you right now, Hazel? Do you want to if yeah, so it's okay. <laughs> when, I, when, I've, when I've flown back home and decompressed for a while and reacclimatized, um, so I'm really excited. I, I just recently um, signed a deal for my next solo book, my next historical novel, which will be out next fall, we think. Um, we don't have a formal announcement yet, but that will be coming very soon. But I can say it's set in the World War II era in China. Um, it's an incredibly a fascinating period of time and location, both new settings and era for me. Um, similar to Heather, I've been quietly working away behind the scenes on it for the last two years. Um, so I'm very excited to be at the stage where I can almost officially tell people more um, and there'll be an official announcement coming soon that I'll be sharing. So yeah, really excited. 
Yay. That'll, Yay. <laughs> that'll be super exciting. Um, so stay tuned, everybody, for that one. And then what about Together? I happen to know that you have something that you're working on also as the two of you. So We do. We have a, a Gainer and Webb third book coming um, early 2021 called Advice for Lady Adventurers. And uh, it's great fun already. We're working away on it. And the, the premise of the book is um, based around two feuding sisters. Uh, it's set in the late 1930s. Um, and they are due to inherit from their grandmother a substantial inheritance. But in order to get their inheritance, they have to um, take a trip which follows in the footsteps of Nellie Bly's famous race around the world in 72 days, which she did in, in 1889. Um, beating Phileas Fogg's fictional 80-day trip around the world. So our two sisters had often obviously have to spend time together, um, but they reached Europe just at the outbreak of war um, in, in the late 1930s. So we're really excited. We've pitched it as a, a historical coming of age in the vein of Thelma and Louise. So there you go. <laughs> well, that, <laughs> that sounds awesome. I love, I love that. And uh, I know that the two of you, it, it will definitely be fun. So um, I know there's so many things I want to ask you guys, but we're, you know, I'm, I'm a little, it's really early for me. I have to make apologies. It's like 6.30 in the morning. We started this this morning, guys. We were laughing. A few early mornings. We've there, been up at 4am <laughs> a few times, so we hear you, yeah. <laughs> there was conversation about whether we were going to do video this morning, and the answer was no. <laughs> Definitely not. Absolutely Hard not. <laughs> No, we are not. So, uh, you know, here's a, what's your, do you have a favorite moment from this whole Grace and Monaco for either or both of you, like sometime during the writing or the finding the publisher or during your tour or anything that really stands out for you that was the most fun or the most exciting or weird or, you know, just something of interest? I think, um, I have a couple, really. Uh, I think when we went to do our um, research trip together, I mean, that was, we had this amazing moment where, you know, the book was well underway. We were in Nice um, on the French Riviera. We found um, a beautiful beach bar with those incredible, iconic white and, white and blue striped umbrellas. And we, we grabbed a glass of rosé wine and the sun was setting and it was just one of those magical moments. We kind of looked at each other and went, yeah, this is a good thing. We, we're doing a good thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I, I want to come. Do you need a third collaborator? <laughs> You're more than welcome. Yeah, absolutely. Let's, let's do it. So that was, um, yeah, that was a real moment. And then there's actually been so many on the tour to actually be together talking about the book. We had a fantastic event last night, as I've said, which was kind of fun to dress up. And we were in Charleston. We had an incredible event down there. Just actually everyone we've met along the way and talking about how we came to write the book and stepping into that world again has been so many highlights. Yeah, sure. I think for me too, um, and I, I would agree with those moments, a couple of the events stand out especially. And then that moment on the beach when we realized that it it was really good that we were there to hash out the last pieces of the book and connect to the research. But um, a really fun moment for me was, was those first three chapters or so that we wrote together because, um, you know, you write one book together and it was an epistolary format, Last Christmas in Paris. It was a very specific kind of format. 
that lends itself well to organic writing between two people. So it was a bit of a question as to how Monaco would go. And I was, we had so much fun writing those first few chapters when Grace first appeared on the page and we first got to meet James, um, the British press photographer and Sophie Duval's love interest. Um, and, and meeting Sophie, you know, right away, there was, I felt like there was chemistry immediately and it was really fun writing those first few chapters and going, yes, this is, this is awesome. This is working. And she, I know she felt the same way. So that's great. I can see how that would, I mean, every time, like even solo, every time you write a book, it's a whole new process, right? You think, you think you know what you're doing, but every book requires something different of you. And so working together, it, it would definitely um, be that. How's this gonna how's this gonna work this time? Especially the tone of Meet Me in Monaco is so different from Last Christmas in Paris that I think right. you know, we challenge ourselves as writers to continue to, to try on different topics and um different eras and, and all kinds of things like that. We neither one of us had written in this era before either. So right. there was you know, it it was there was a big question and when it just fell into place almost immediately you know, lots of high fives happening. <laughs> well, and it's, it's such a delightful era. It, it just, you know, this whole story and James, actually, I do have to talk about James. I fell in love with James. <laughs> Yay. So did we. He was really fun to write. He's this kind of goofy um, British paparazzi, for want of a, a better term, you know, at the time, um, trying to desperately hold down his job by catching a incredible photo of Grace at, at Cannes Film Festival, which is where she first met um, Prince Ranier. Um, and he, he has a sort of um, that self-deprecating British humor um, that Sophie eventually finds very endearing and he mispronounces all the French words. And uh, <laughs> he's, a, he's, he's a great guy. Yeah, we, we, it's, we, it's funny, we've been asked a few times about movie adaptations and TV, etc. And we would just love to see these people come to life. Um, oh, that would be wonderful. Yeah. You know, the thing about James is at the very beginning, you know, he's, he's a paparazzi. So you kind of want to hate him, right? Because, yeah. you know, yeah. he's, he's a bad guy. <laughs> he's pursuing grace and, and then you just can't help loving him. So. <laughs> yeah. And we wanted to create that, um, you know, sort of unassuming. He's not an alpha male. Um, he's, He's somebody who surprises the heck out of Sophie because she's never encountered anyone like him. And they, there's that tension and friction between them at first. They sort right. of And that's a great way to start um, romantic well, art. Yeah. You know, just all told, absolutely a beautiful book. And I know it's doing well for you guys, which is awesome and exciting. And I um, thank you so much for making time to pop in here this morning before you go off on your uh, daily adventures and get on planes and all that stuff. That was awesome. Um, anything else that you want to tell everybody before you go? No, just um, we hope everyone enjoys the book and takes it to the beach or to the pool um, right. and oh. enjoys back into the 1950s with us. Yeah. <laughs> and it is, it's a beautiful book, you guys. Meet Me in Monaco by Hazel Gaynor and Heather Webb. And you can find that wherever books are sold. And it's the cover's beautiful. The writing's beautiful. It's very great read. <laughs> so I know you will love it. You guys have a great day. Thank you so much for spending uh, some of your morning with me. And I will talk to you both soon and elsewhere. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Bye.